What you have gone through in life doesn't always define who you are, but it's part of a larger plan, working for a greater good, a better you. Here is where you'll hear stories of adversity turned into victory, stories of faith, both steadfast and wavering, but testimonies nonetheless that may change your heart, your perspective, even your life. Welcome to Testimonies. And welcome in to Testimonies. We took a couple of uh, weeks off, uh, a bit of a hiatus. And during that time, about a week before last or so, I told you I had some upcoming guests that I was looking forward to uh, bringing to you. And so we'll begin with that. Dr. Burbage, or just simply known as... Dr. B. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good. And uh, for those of you who did not catch the podcast, the last one two weeks ago, I did mention that I met Dr. B on a recent trip to New York City. And it just goes to show you how you never know when you can cross paths with somebody who has a testimony. We can walk past anybody on the street. You may not know their story, but there might be a chance to have that encounter with them where you can kind of get a glimpse of that. And that's what happened with us. And so Dr. To be again, thank you for being here today to tell us your testimony that's based on a very uh, important scripture to you. First, let me say thank you for what you're doing. I mean, a testimony is how God has taken us through bad times and to his glory. And it's very important for those who don't know God that there's, there's, a, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's life through Jesus Christ and that without him, there's nothing. I mean, my past, I delivered a, a rather checkered past, uh, rather, uh, it wasn't a, I was a happy child. I was mm-hmm. a good child, but it was kind of like from both sides between my mother and my father. They were divorced when I was very young. But let me give you a scripture first because it talks about what basic, basic my life from past, present, and future because it's Ephesians 2. Uh, I won't read off through one through five, but just quickly through uh, one, just through some of the main pointers. Sure. And, has, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespass and sins, where in times past you've walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, we know that's Satan, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And that's my sin. That's my sinful past. That's my testimony past. But God, who is rich in his mercy, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, we are saved. And that's our fallback. That's our life. Uh, my life is completely changed from a simple little whoremonger chasing mm-hmm. the women in the streets to a man of God now. And my view of women is from a jaded view of basically sex only to women, women of God, of uh, the your mothers of child and God's chosen children, one of God's chosen children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Got my degrees at Rutgers degree and then degrees in a PhD in religion, Eastern Bible Institute. The thing that I believe that's important though is for, for, for manhood. And in that I had a broken childhood, I didn't, I didn't receive a lot from my father. Never asked a lot, actually. My mother raised us in a church. We had to go to church every Sunday. It was not an option. Uh, was not allowed to have the girlfriend until I was 16. That didn't, that didn't work. I was, that was way well <laughs> in my 20s. Well, that's the way. No drugs, no alcohol, uh, and no trouble. I remember when I was about 10 years old, we were, we were here through the house by dark, and my brother, he was out past curfew. So by the time he got home, my mother took hail of a 12-inch ruler. She broke it over his hand. Probably hurt her, him, her more than anything. <laughs> yeah. It hurt me. That, it hurt my mother. My mother was my everything. She still is. She's passed on now, but mm-hmm. my mother was everything. Mm-hmm. And at that point, in 10 years, I decided I wasn't going to be in trouble for my mother. Mm-hmm. So no drugs, no alcohol, no, gir- no girlfriend, no cursing. Mm-hmm. I was good at School, stayed good in school. Now, at what age did your father leave the family? I was two years old. A broken childhood.
childhood, but yet you grew up, you said, happy. Well, my mother was loved. She was yeah. the kind of woman that after they divorced, there was no man in her life. Mm. There were no Ever. late mm-hmm. phone calls, no man, mm-hmm. no, no hidden agenda, no night out with the girls. Yeah. It was just her kids, raised her kids, and that was it. And that's why I loved her so much, because she basically gave up her life for her kids. Now, when did things sort of take a change for you? Well, uh, <laughs> I was running the streets, running the clubs. I, I'd been in marriage, but I broke it. That was my biggest sin because I didn't come out of that very well. That, In fact, that, that was the key, basically, because as I was running the streets, I was changing women like you change underwear every weekend. <laughs> I was going to the club, sounded like I could dress pretty good, I could dance. Uh-huh. Um, I could be both girls, the, 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 liter- the literary world or the church world. I could operate any place. At that point, my uncle saw you were the man. Now you are, now was okay. Yeah. Before I just applied a little guy in the corner. I would always tell a female that, you know, if you got pregnant, I'll take care of the kid. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. Cause I was very big on family and taking and the young ones. Cause I didn't get it. I didn't receive from my father. I never asked for it. One point I had asked myself a question. If she got pregnant, would you want her to be the mother of my child? And I says, no, she's a whore. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it came to me that there were two people in that bed. Uh, that was the indiscretions that well, basically I didn't receive my father, basically, because the indiscretions that was going on and stuff. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I knew something was wrong. I had everything, but I had nothing. I just went back to my church. That, that was the one thing that I knew I had going for me because I was always I was raised in the church. So I turned to the Lord and never looked back because once you give your life to Christ, it, 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 it's, it, it just changes everything. The fact that you were able to, you and uh, many others, realize that this is not what I want for my life. I want something different. And most everybody that I talk to has some type of foundation in the church. As a child where it was mandatory, growing up, you had to do it. And there are those like yourself who know how to hit that reset button and go back to that foundation. And then there are others, they know that, yeah, I went to church you know, all my life, my mama made me go to church all my life and I'm going through this time, but they never reach back to that. Do you have some insight how that can happen or do they have to get a stronger wake up call in order to take them to that place? Well, I think that the first thing is that in that my mother, even though it was forced that we went to church, but it was a good thing because in church you find peace, you find love, you find God. So that, how can I say it? You have a lot of broken families who who have never who didn't even know a church. They never had been to church, so it becomes very very difficult difficult for them to find God because their normal is not our normal. So that although I had that that base to go back on, they would not have that base to go back on. But the key was I remember when I was in sin and I was in marriage and I was running around and my mother called me and she said I want to talk to you and my mother I was I was scared of my, I was scared of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick story when I was about ten years younger and. Uh-huh. And I lived in the projects, and it was three courts. Uh-huh. And I was up three courts up in between hallways, big, thick walls, big, thick doors. I'm a little guy. And the first time I really kissed, like a French kiss to a girl, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I ran all the way down, took one step in the door. My mother said, who's the girl? Ooh. And oh, my God. I mean, that was back before cell phones and stuff. Ain't yeah. nobody. <laughs> yeah. And I was a little guy. <laughs> and at that point, I knew. I was scared. I knew that she had power. She knew me mm. actually better than I knew myself. So when she called me in that I fast forward back to, I was married, I'm, I'm messing up and I'm coming in, oh, I was in the, uh, in the morning and so forth. And she says, you know, you're a good man. She says, um, 
I know how I, I raised you, and I know you got a lot of good and love in you, so you're going to be all right. And I'm waiting for the butt part. You know, what do you think you're doing? Right. And she didn't do that. She just stopped there. And I, I went back and I thought, I says, you know, I know moms. And I know she knows me. I know she knows what I'm doing. I know what I was doing wrong. And when you talk about your testimony or going back and reaching back, mm-hmm. that love that I had from my mother, I knew was in me. Because I, even through all the, that sin that I was doing, I knew what love was. But I was looking for the love in the wrong place between the sheets, not from in the heart. Mm-hmm. And so that was a person comes out of the church or out of the church is God put a basic love in everybody. And if you tap into that love, if you're honest with that love, you'll know, you know the truth. And you know, he is the truth. And to get to the father, you know, you must come through the son. That's the way I teaching. That's where you, what you're doing, the testimonies and going to church content comes in because you, he'll teach you, he'll show you that without him, you, 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 you can't do it by yourself. There's other spirits, there's statements, spiritual warfare that they, they goes against you in addition to the guns and the knives and the, the lying and the cheating spirits and stuff. So that the, the thing is, is this love that everybody has. You follow that love, you'll find the Lord. You'll find God because God is love. Yes. He's defined the other gods and people define love in a lot of different ways. But only Jesus Christ sat upon that cross and shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And he gave his life and he showed who had the power of life and that he took his life back and he, ro- he rose. And he's living under my hand with his father. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to give you a sermon anything. But, uh, hey, no, hey, we can you know, always can use it. it. Whenever you can get that or, or, or speak to somebody or speak into somebody, that's wonderful. You realize you're in the wrong position with God. You go back to that foundation. You get back into church. You get back on track with your life, right? right. So now you're knowing how to treat women. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a minister, yes. Okay. I know how to treat women. Yeah. And I treat them the heart with love as right. a person. You're stronger in your faith, and your goal is to help other people grow in love through Christ. Right. How do you find an opportunity to encounter people to be able to do that. Well, I met you yeah. at the time you were just about to get married, I believe. Yes, sir. And, and um, I'm sure I, I got blessed. I'm sure that's going well for you. Yes, sir, it but is. Mm-hmm. I think God puts people in, in, in on your path. And as they see the truth in you, they will find, they'll find Jesus because they'll know that you're not a phony. There's no ulterior motive. And as you speak, how can I can say, you see like Christ, you think like Christ, you be like Christ. It's a way of life. And as they see that way of life in you, They'll want some of that too. And that's, that's when you give them Romans 10, 9 through 13. You give them, you give them that scripture, sin and sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity. Every time you see a negative, a person who seems to be walking in the neighborhood with it, a sinful like that, that's an opportunity to witness to them. And that's how we win souls. But we can't do it if we're not living it. No, that is true. You know, and I used to go to a shelter in Newark, uh, the Irving Renewable and stuff, because I right down the street from New Hope Baptist Church. And plenty of them, they're drug addicts, alcoholics, pimps, prostitutes, gangbangs, they were all in there. And the, the one question they always ask, well, how do you get out of this? Just point up to Jesus Christ. He's the only way out. Only way. The only way out. He's the only one that went on that cross. And don't let, let any, anybody fool you that there's only, he is the only way in. The other religions, that's, that's between them and their God. We know who he is for us and what he's done for us. And mm-hmm. as, we, as we live that and as we share our testimonies and as we walk in that life and as we help others and we show love, you know, with outreach ministries, with uh, food, food pantries and clothes pantries, as we do, we have, have small groups between, say, if you had a group with young sisters that you know. Yes. And you want to know how you got to where you are and you give your testimony and you will move right on. You have experience. You, you have a program of testimonies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And, you know, and I do because of, you know, what my 
career level is. They just see the final product. They hear the voice on the radio. They see the person sitting behind a news desk on a television nightly. But they don't know that there were times in my life where I'd stayed up all night crying or whatever it was that I was going through. I always tried to remain centered. I tried to get back to my connection with Christ because my spirit will crave that. I spent my quiet times with God in my car. He would tell me, you know, turn the radio off or um, if I'm at home, turn the television off and get comfortable with sitting in that silence. And, you know, I was going to church and I was reading a scripture and I was learning to hear his voice and not moving until he said to do something. And that was one of the most peaceful and joyous and happiest times in my life. So when I find that life gets too busy or because I'm too busy and then I have a home and then I get tired and things just kind of fall to the wayside, my soul starts to crave that connection. And I'll tell God sometimes, like, God, I know, I know I don't spend as much time as I used to with you. And, I, and I'm trying to get back to that because you have to make him a part of your life. Correct? Mm. You agree? But see, the, when you said that people saw you in a certain light as to your job and so forth, but then you talk, when you start talking about the other things, that part, that's probably one of the most important parts of the testimony because the people seeing you is not just some celeb-type uh, attractive person like that. They know that you're real and that, that you're going through stuff, that you went through stuff, and he took you through, so that gives them hope that maybe God will do the same thing for them. And then the Holy Spirit takes over. You don't have to. You, we don't do the work. It's the Holy Spirit does the work. God does the work. Spirit of a living God. And the, the thing as far as the, the, the time and away and we, 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 we yearn for God and so forth, that's a trick of the devil. No disrespect. Sure. When I was married and um, it was time I was working over 100 hours a week and I, the, the marriage wasn't going good and uh, a lot of things were going on. And I noticed the worst on the worst days was the days that somebody got saved at the shelter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, your shit. Well, that's what you're doing. You, you want to <laughs> do my work. Then I was driven. And that means then, then you're consumed by, that means you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you're driven with the by the Spirit mm-hmm. because you know what the devil's doing and you're beating him to the punch. You, you know, you're not having that. I'm a child of God. You have no, no authority in me. You have no parts in me. That's when you do your spiritual warfare stuff and you pray prayer. So you, you bind up that devil and you lose the spirit of a living God. That he has all power and authority over all things. Is there anything you'd like to say for anyone who's listening right now who's struggling with the notion to them of turning their lives around and knowing that God's love for them is the ultimate love? Well, as you, as you see Christ, it's oneness with Christ that you're looking for. Because Christ is love. Christ is perfection from him, not through you. So that the things that they're searching for, as one, it means that you think, like I said, you see, think, and be like Christ. You put him first in your life. So from the time you get up in the morning, God, what, what do you want me to do this morning? You know, it's not it's not about your likes and dislikes. you got education, you got money to say, no, God, what do you want me to do this today? As you go through your life, if you fail little things, you repent those sins. At the end of the day, you have to report, God, how do we do? And would you pray for God for the next day to do better the next day? But oneness with Christ is the key because you be, Christ-like, you're not God, you're Christ-like. But as you're Christ-like, your whole life will change around. That's what it means to be born again. And it's, it's often misunderstood. But And sometimes people think, well, I've sinned too much. There's no such thing as sin too much. You don't want to sin that much, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But God is a merciful God. That's why he's so great that he looks through and he has mercy for all the bad things we've done, thought, said, and repeatedly over and over again. But there's something in you, just like my mother said, there's something in you, and I know it's good, and you're going to be all right. And with that understanding, it's all good. 
And it's just like now, and I, 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 I perhaps a point of encouragement, and I've said to one, you know, my mom's is in heaven. My grandma, grandfather in heaven. My grandfather was a latecomer. He, he was getting his sixties, nine kids. Grandma never worked, but they, I never heard them argue. I never heard them fuss. And that was probably the most perfect marriage I've ever seen. But I said to him, I said, you know, they're in heaven. I'm going. It's not a question of me going there. God promised eternal life through Jesus Christ. And Christ does not fall back on any of his promises. For you to get heaven, you must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Repent your sins and dedicate your life to him. One is with him and move forward. To me, that, that's it. It, it. We believe in life after death. When the, the last breath comes out of this life, you're going to go someplace. You're going up or you're down. And to, to grow, and death is for the sinner. It man, it's separation from God. In heaven, is, there is no sin. So he takes that sinful nature, all the sins out of you, and you have a per, like a perfect body, just like the original Adam and Eve before they sinned, the tree, eat from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. So to me, I tell those people, look, if you want to be there with your loved ones who, who are born again, who are saved, you must come with a pure heart. He looks at your sins and he will receive you. Just give your life to him and be like him. Christ-like in every way. Amen. Day by day. Dr. B, thank you so much. Um, I'm so happy that we met. I'm so happy that you said yes and that we were able to do this at this moment in time for the greater good. God bless you. And I wish you luck in your endeavors. I know uh, you're looking to lay the path in order to bring a message to people, right? Yes, ma'am. And do the same thing. Yeah. Yes. God bless you with that. And I know that's going to happen most definitely. Thank you. You've been listening to Testimonies. If you'd like to be a guest or if you just want to share your testimony, call 843-608-0804. That's 843-608-0804 or email testimonies with Tessa at gmail.com.